With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Hi, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Miller and Condon on a Thursday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 on the FM dial is Trent Condon and Ken Miller. And we're glad you're spending some of the morning here with us as we talk local sports with you or regional sports in the case of the first hour of the program, because last week we took a look at two of the regional four of the NFL teams and what they may be thinking uh, but uh, today we'll finish up with the two that we missed last week, and that will be 10.30 with Dave Sinekin on the Green Bay Packers, and then 10.40 on the Chiefs with Nick Athen. Prior to that, we got some baseball, as painful as it's going to be, no, no, uh, to no. rehash from yesterday. And we'll get into those fumbling, bumbling Minnesota Twins at some point here in the, <laughs> in the next few minutes, uh, as well as a new basketball, college basketball league that is uh, forming. Uh, we'll talk about that. Uh, some college football news as far as practices being curtailed in a big, big way, padded practices. Uh, and then in the 11 o'clock hour, Dave Sproul will join us on Iowa State. Tom Cakert on Iowa, a day earlier than they normally do, but uh, lots of news uh, with both of those programs. So that's what we will do uh, before we get out of here at noon. Baseball was really fun yesterday. The Cubs bats came alive in a big, big way. Javi Baez closed his eyes, swung as hard as he normally does, and the ball happened to leave the ballpark for a grand slam. Royals, an unbelievable comeback. Twins, yeesh. At least they scored some runs, Trent. They did. The bats came, but um, yeah, not a whole lot there. We'll we'll get into that. You don't want to start there? No. Let's 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 go somewhere else. It's too painful. Let's go to the Cubs because <laughs> it was fun last night. Yeah. It was fun seeing them swing the bats. Yeah. Now the Mets had a lot to do with this, right? Well, here's the good news for the Cubs: they're they're going to miss Degrom. Yeah. And then Marcus Stroman, who's unbelievable. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, the Cubs will go for the sweep today, right? I think of this series. I think they're going for the sweep. Good for them. Or did they lose one? Where no, no. They, it is a sweep, yeah, right? because they didn't play Monday, yeah. Uh, so there you go. So, um, yeah, they missed DeGrom, who was scheduled to pitch today, but instead will take an extra day between starts. He asked for that and was granted. Why wouldn't he be? Um, so a, a catch a break there. But, yes, it was fun watching baseball in the north side last night and the bats came to life. Bullpen was good. Davies wasn't he was adequate, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's all he needed to be last night on a night where um, the Cubs looked like the Cubs of old. Is this something? Or is, so. it, or is it just a, a one of 162? Yeah. Well, look at the first the first sixteen or whatever they were tells me that this was just, well, this was a one off. Yeah. Because they were struggling. Look. I want them to be relevant. I'm the same way, and that was the thing. I was watching it last night, and fun moments, and Javi late with the grand slam, mm-hmm. and but then, all right, they had what was it? Thirteen hits. 
10 of them were singles. Yeah. They're four errors. Well, they've scored, they scored 10 runs without a home run, right? Was, right. The first 10 runs they scored without the uh, long ball. There were four errors. Yeah. And I, I hate to do this because the Cubs are by far the most important yes, major league team no, in no. our market. Yep. It, it's not close. Nope. Football, it's close. NFL football, sure. it's close. Yep. That's not the case in baseball. It is Cubs far and away mm-hmm. number one. As you like to say, it's good for business mm-hmm. to have the Cubs be relevant. And I don't want to just come in here when they finally show some signs of life yeah. saying, this isn't real, Yeah, but this isn't real. Yeah, you sound like Condon Cub. Or... <laughs> yeah, but this isn't real. I, I just, I, I don't, don't. I need to see more too, Trent. Yeah. I'm with you. That's where I am right now. And you win today, you get back to 500. The good news is. They're in the right division. They're in the right division. There is not a team. Who would be the team that'd be the, the Brewers. Rabbit? That could win more than 90 games. Uh, how about we rephrase it? Could win by daylight. Could win by the last week of the season. Mm-hmm. They've clinched the division. I, with the top of that pitching staff, Trent, Woodward and Burns, don't they sound like the guys that did the Watergate They game, do, yeah. Right? Who are those guys? Those old posters of the 80s. Remember the, the sports posters that came out? You'd have like McGuire, Canseco, and they'd have some mm-hmm. stupid saying underneath mm-hmm. it. That would like be the, the Bash Brothers? Yes, yeah. That would be what you'd have today. Yeah. Woodward and Bernstein, that's the guy. Right, right. But they, they'd have a play on that, and they'd have Watergate, uh, a book or something like that next to it, newspaper headline. That's the way they would go. They're, they're incredible, though. You're absolutely right. That offense, though, for the Brewers also is kind of meh. Mm-hmm. And in a division where... Everybody has a pulse. Mm-hmm. Well, Kane and Yelich are out right mm-hmm. now, so that, yeah, I'm with you. The, the Brewers need a bat. If they're, I don't know what their uh, financial constraints are, but mm-hmm. if if they can bring in a bat at some point, look out because they can pitch. They're you know, they just swept the Padres. Now, Pods were coming off a you know pretty emotional series sure. against the Dodgers, and they're looking ahead to a four gamer that starts tonight against the Dodgers, maybe. And the Brewers kind of uh, limped in uh, to San Diego and just, um, they were really good. So I think, uh, to answer your question, I still think it's not just because I bet the Brewers, and part of it, because uh, I'm paying closer attention sure. to them. But uh, I, I do think, I don't think it's the cards. I think the Reds will come back to the pack. I think the Cubs are kind of fool's gold right now. And the Pirates are better, mm-hmm. but they're still not. Right, yeah. They're, they're maybe a team that wins 72 games yeah, as opposed to 62. So, yeah. Right. yeah, they're not great, but they're okay. Mm-hmm. They will have their moments. And you get it done tonight for the Cubs. You're back to 500, and now here comes those Brewers. Yeah. And, and that's who you get starting mm-hmm. with the afternoon game day. Friday, day baseball. Looks like it's going to be, I think, a decent day over there. Kind of our first... Real Friday afternoon, kind of. It feels yeah. feels normal, if you will, with the Cubs. Where are they at, attendance-wise? About 10,000, is that the numbers that usually I, get in there? You know what, Trent? I heard last night, and I don't remember. I think that's probably, I think that's very close. Yeah, look, the Ivy's starting to get green yep. in, in places. 10,196 was attendance last night. So that's 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 capacity, and they'll have that all weekend. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, oh, man. Baseball's been fun, except for your twins. You want to talk about them? You want to do the Royals first? Because that was another That was incredible... a good one. I, and I thought they were cooked. Well, I got in late because they were down 5 nothing. was it? Yeah, they were getting, yeah. I, I, no, I didn't get there until the comeback. Oh, okay. So I flipped it there pretty early, saw the destruction in the first inning, and said, well, I don't have to watch this anymore because mm-hmm. it's over. Yep. It's over. The way the Rays pitch, you're not coming back down 5. And they come back. Speaking of reality, all right, we talked about the Cubs. We need to see more. Right. And yes, it's April 22nd. We need to see more with everybody. 
Where are you going? The but Royals, are the Royals are they, are they legit? Are they are they going to hang around in this thing at the very least? Is there staying power with this squad? Because I think there is. Are they in first place when we turn the calendar to May? Yes. Okay. Yes. I mean that. No, we didn't see that coming. Um, we didn't see the Twins in last place. That's true too, as well. And they're not going to stay there. Yeah, I think that this uh, Royals team, they're, they're getting timely hit. Salvador Perez is putting together oh. an MVP month, mm-hmm. uh, is what he is. He'll be AL Player of the Month? I would think. Yeah. I mean, I don't know who else is out there and who else has had a good month. I know he has. Yes. He's been, he's been, uh, he's been unbelievable. J.D. Martinez probably going to be in that mix. Yeah, sure. He's been really good. Mm-hmm. Mercedes with the White Sox, right? There's your answer. Yeah, he maybe has a, a lead in that one. Yeah, because of the story. Yeah, there, there's the right. Oh, answer. and uh, that Mike Trout only tied for the league lead right now in home runs. Yeah, but and batting average. Yeah, that doesn't matter. We're not going to give it to him. <laughs> he's like tenth in our list. It's just a given, right? He's yeah. so good that we take him for granted. We do. We really do. Uh, I hope they're good. Yeah, I do too. I do too. It's it's West Coast baseball. It is. You know, it's it's tough to it's tough to watch. Except when Otani's pitching, yeah, because uh, that's uh, that's pretty good. All right, so your Twins yesterday, Trent. Um, look at Baldelli. I, I Josh Downs is pretty good, pretty good fielder. Yes, right, one of the best. He is, and I guess he's lost a step because that was the excuse for taking him out to start the tenth inning. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't want him starting on second base because you thought that you were going to, you know, need a little bit more speed out there to push across a run. Well, you don't need that when. Whoever's at the batter's box, as Byron Buxton was, decides to deposit one into left center. Trent, he's become a, one of the better players in baseball. Tied is, for the uh, home run lead with Mike Trout, by the way. He is going to break the bank. And I asked you this, I don't know, when he got off to the start that he did. Mm-hmm. Because they're going to have to pay him. And yeah. I believe they're going to. I, I No, I want to believe they're going to. Are they? They would. But they have to see health. Mm-hmm. I mean, even with this and the start that he is off on. And when does he have to get paid? Do you know that answer? Next year. through wow. He is uh, arbitration eligible for another year, and then he will be so t- class of 2023. Cruz would be off the books at that point. Yep. Uh, okay. Yeah, I hope they pay him. Yeah. I hope they pay him because he's a superstar. But what do you give to that guy? And oh. say it's another season this year where he pl- he's playing at this level, but he plays 140 games. Well, that's certainly going to be the twin side of the argument when they're not mm-hmm. argument, debate, conversation, when they're um, going over figures with uh, with uh, Buxton's agent. Look, this is a guy that this is what he's played. This is what he's done throughout his career. He you know, played the, what? What was the? Uh, well, he had the broken tooth, eating a steak, yeah. spring training. Right. He's already sat out four or five games this season. It's what he is when he's healthy. Mm. He's incredible. And not only, I mean, look at the when, when did he make that diving catch? Mm-hmm. I can't remember. I watched so much baseball. <laughs> I mean, he's really good in the field as well, right? Yes. So one of the best. One of the best. All right, so let's move the uh, leave the baseball behind again. Oh, coming up here, thank goodness. Yeah. I just well, but back to let's finish the point though. Baldelli over managing, mm-hmm. right? Leave Donaldson into the game. And who's the stiff at second base? I've never heard of the guy. Yeah, same thing. I hadn't heard of the guy. And this is your team. What, right. Blankenhorn? Blankendump. He was crappy. So that he's the sucked. guy they put at second base to yep. run for Donaldson, mm-hmm. who again could walk home because Buxton hit the home run. So Blankenhorn goes into second base. A ball is hit. A routine ground ball. With two outs. With two outs. He picks up the ball. Second base. Throws to first base, which you should be able to do if you're a major league player. Yes. Right? 
Uh, he couldn't. He couldn't field the ball. Everybody's safe. One-run game. Arias would have been playing second. Where he played the entire game. Yes. Now he's forced to move over to third because Donaldson comes out. One-run game. Still a chance. Colome, am I saying his name right? Colome? Yeah. Colome? Colome. Colome. Um, he's throwing a bunch of pitches. Yes. Uh, uh, nearing 50. Yeah, nearing 50 pitches, which wasn't the plan, obviously. Blew the save in the ninth. Yep. And here he comes. Right back out there again in the, in the, uh, in, in the tenth inning. So there's two out, and the bases are loaded, and the ball is hit to the third baseman, not Donaldson, who's out of the game, <laughs> for speed purposes. And at uh, third base is a rise, and the ball hits him. He fields the ball cleanly and chucks the ball into right field. One run is in, two runs are in, A's win. Again, the Twins fall in extra innings. 11th consecutive victory for the A's. The Twins roughed. Rough. They didn't win on the road. No. This road trip, they come home. They had a COVID pause. They come home or they stay home? Or they stay on the road? No, they have Pittsburgh coming in. Gotcha. The Pirates. I was going to say, weekend. well, that you should be able to get well, but not you would the hope so. Dunk that we thought. The uh, what interesting part of of that play because Arias didn't even. It wasn't just. It was a little high. He missed wide. Yeah, he threw by, it in right field by fifteen feet. Mm-hmm. You don't see that from any major leaguer. Trevor Plouffe after the game tweeted that if you haven't played third base there, how cavernous the foul ground is. Most behind. foul ground in all of baseball. It 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 messes with your head. Because he said the first baseman looks tiny over there just because the backdrop is so different. He equated it to shooting a basketball and doing it without a backboard. Not not the wall versus an open arena. Okay. Not having a ba- just It's so, when you haven't done it before, it is that big of a change. You're a major leaguer. You should make the throw. Yeah. But at least there's a reason behind it. I was so frustrated. I, I was just... Finally, they're going to, all right, get a win, mm-hmm. get going, get to the weekend. Bats have come alive. Because I believed in this team. And can you know I'm not the most optimistic fan? <laughs> that's that's not the way I am. And it's because of the teams that I root for. The teams that I, and the organizations at the professional level that I root for. The T-Wolves, is there a worse run organization in the NBA? They're on the short list at the very least. They're uh, terrible. Yeah, They've made one playoffs in the last 17 years, I believe it is. They're bad. It's a bad organization. And because of that, maybe soured a little bit. The Wild, the state of hockey, haven't advanced past the what been second round. It's been a while, yeah. And they've done it, I think, twice in their mm-hmm. existence. The other team, the team that I still think they should be, the North Stars, well, of course, they were taken away and moved to Dallas. They won a Stanley Cup. The Bears. Well, I saw a Super Bowl when I was five. Got <laughs> I'm 41. No, you saw another one. Oh, they, with Rex Grossman, and they got close. Well, he still played for a Super Bowl. They for played the for trophy. a Super Bowl, and they didn't have a chance. Speaking of awful run organizations, there is another one. And then here's the Twins with a losing streak that is incomprehensible. Mm-hmm. 18 consecutive mm-hmm. playoff losses. Not series losses. Losses, just games. They haven't won in 18 consecutive. But you'll always have 87 and 91. That was a long time. I was was in middle school. I was in elementary school, in fact, for both of those. I was in elementary school. You've seen three world championships for your Broncos? Mm Mm-hmm. I've also seen my Jets leave and go to Arizona. You you know that scar tissue. Yes. And it stinks. And it just, at every single time. Look, I don't have illusions that Iowa is ever going to win a national championship in basketball or football. I I just know that is the Mm -hmm. reality. I still take enjoyment 
from winning a Holiday Bowl, from hopefully someday getting back to a Sweet 16. Mm -hmm. Those kind of things, because I understand there is a certain level. But when you're professional sports teams and every single league feel like you don't have a chance every single year, it just sucks. It's it's look at um, Minnesota's cursed. Mm-hmm. I mean the the Vikings. Uh, like I I know what it's like to lose a bunch of Super Bowls. At least my squad got over the hump. The Vikings haven't. Right. Certainly felt like they were on the precipice of doing so. Brett Favre in New Orleans. This is in Detroit. What did PA say? Something like that. <laughs> um, that 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 was maybe as close as they were going to get. Of course, the uh, the miracle, and then off to Philadelphia where they got crushed. Oof. Uh, but the the T Wolves are the T Wolves, and they're going to mess around just enough to lose the um, their protected pick in the dra- this upcoming draft. So and and then there's at least the Twins have one in '91, mm-hmm. uh, and then the Wild. Speaking of the Wild, Joe O'Donnell is going to join us tomorrow at 11:05. We're going to do some hockey with uh, with our friend Joe O'Donnell. All right, a couple of stories, Trent, that are percolating uh, out there. I think the football one is. Um, a bigger topic. The Washington Post is reporting this morning that um, what, what's the guy's name? Bezos, the most yeah. richest man in the world, or mm-hmm. is he? He's one of them. He's one of them. He's up there. All right, um, Bezos and Drake, the rapper, the rapper, not the university, not the university. Okay, are behind a a new venture which is going to compete against college basketball mm-hmm. for not only players but for eyeballs. But the difference in this league is they're going to pay players. They're going to play, pay the best kids out of high school. At least this is on the drawing board. Now, I don't think it's going to out a shot in hell of, of ever seeing the light of day. They say they have a TV agreement in place. We'll see if that's true or not. Um, but if you, don't, if you don't want to go to college for a year and you want to get paid and you don't want to go to the G League, this is an opportunity because they're going to pay you more money than they are. And again, Washington Post just broke this here about an hour ago. Um, I, I don't even know if it's worth the oxygen that we've given it at this point. I, I don't think it is. And there's a big reason for this. And we, yeah, it's the name on the front of the jersey. It is. That's ultimately what it becomes. It's about, it doesn't matter if ultimately we get to a point where 20 of the top 25 kids in high school basketball decide to go to the G League or the NBA early. Even when we get to that point, mm-hmm. It's going to still stay Iowa State across that chest. Mm -hmm. It's still going to say Duke and Gonzaga and UCLA, and that still matters. And people are still going to watch even as the product gets worse because, hey, here's a dirty secret. The product's a lot worse now than it was 20, 30, 40 years ago. That is the reality of college basketball, yet people still watch. These kind of things, it's the same thing with the spring football leagues that come up from the XFL to the Alliance of American Football, on and on and on. You don't have that baseline. You don't have the fan base built up. People don't care about it. And this thing, I don't know what the TV contract would look like. I think it's destined to fail. And I think almost every one of these startup leagues, ultimately, that's what's going to happen. It just you can't gain traction in today's environment. Trent, look at here's a perfect example. The FCS is playing their schedule now. Mm-hmm. We love college football. Yes, we at least. I, this is why. I, do the other months of the year for college football, right? From yeah. September, more than that, September through April, um, the beginning of April. Um, and if we don't have that, if that's if it's if we're going to root for those schools, we're not going to we're not going to pay attention to this league. Perfect example is FBS, uh, FCS. It's football. It's college football. Boy, I can't wait. Mm-hmm. I'm going to watch a lot of these games. We were excited for it. I watched the opening game on Friday night. It was on TV. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, was it South Dakota State and it UNI? Was. It was yep. a good game. It was. It was a good game. It came down to the final drive of the game. The number one seed. Number Jack one Raditz. seed. Precisely. And I haven't watched another game. I haven't. Uh, because of the NCAA tournament, uh, because baseball's starting up, because we're programmed not to be watching football at this time of year. And I'm with you. I don't think that regardless of if Suggs and company uh, decide that that's the avenue they're going to take, players like him, I'm not saying he wouldn't have gone to Gonzaga. I don't know. But if if, if college basketball is without those guys, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's not going to matter. Duke won't get as many five stars. Kentucky won't get as many five stars. But they'll get all the four stars. They'll get, all, they'll get a bunch of four stars relegating <laughs> the... Iowa, Iowa State's to you know to have to rely on three stars and develop them, mm-hmm. which is something that they've always had to do, right? And then they'll leave. And then they'll leave. <laughs> well, that's more so the. Uh, that's a different conversation. Yeah, it is. Uh, let's get Bill in here. Then I want to get to the new college football proposal that the oversight committee is going to uh, put in front of um, of college football here in the next. I would think well before fall certainly. Uh, Bill, uh, welcome to the program, Bill. Yeah, hey, just a comment on Jeff Bezos there. Uh, you know, with looking at how the future of sports kind of could go to, like, some online providers yep. and things like that. So Jeff Bezos owns Amazon. True. He owns one yep. of the largest online proprietors. So so you think this is content? Might be, I, I mean, I guess it, it has – he's got more legs to put underneath it, Yeah, uh, you know, to – walk it into something could it become something i mean it's a hard stretch but i guess if you're going to put that guy behind it mm-hmm. you're you know your tv contracts are going to be controlled by him so <laughs> yeah yeah i mean I, he's I, gonna I, cut out the fair, middle man that, that, that's a fair point bill so um i i guess just because of the backing that they have you have to give it at least a chance but but who who are you a fan of bill are you a clone fan a hawk fan uh, who's your I'm a Hawk fan. All right, so I, I pay attention to the clones too. Gotcha. But, yeah. but but if but if I was playing on a Saturday at uh, seven o'clock at night, and you've got Team A and T versus Team X, and these are the best college basketball players that uh, for what would have been freshmen, what are you going to watch? Oh, I'm watching the Hawk, and I think that's and the, the Cyclones after that. Before <laughs> that, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, I'm with you, Bill. But, thanks but for the. Then I'm not a pure fan of the game, I guess. I'm more of the team. Yep, so. totally agree. And there's a lot of people yep. like Bill. Thanks, Bill. Appreciate the call. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thank- yep. Um, look, this is this. it's about the front of the jersey, and I get that. You know what? This also helps. I think this helps on the why we pay in college players um, argument, because it's about the front of the jersey, and we just mm-hmm. admitted so, and I think everybody would. Yes. Um, that is a part of... of but Jordan- it's a two-way street. Yes. Of Jordan Bohannon's argument I think that he maybe overlooks from time to time. The reason that you do have value is because of what's sure. on the front. Yeah. Yes. It's a two-way street. I agree. Yes. College players, their likeness, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You should be paid. But also realize that the reason that that likeness is there is because of what's on the front. Yeah. If he wouldn't have got that Iowa offer and he would have ended up at I, he wouldn't be getting the same thing. It's not because of the player he is. He right. could be the exact same guy, exact same player. But what's on front matters a lot too. Yeah, Caitlin Clark. Yes. Okay. She grows. She goes to Dowling. She comes home and Willis Auto Body will say that. Yeah. If she goes to Connecticut, is Willis writing that check for in the summertime? Right. No, of course not. Mm-hmm. Still a great player. Still a wonderful person. Well, and even take UConn off because of the net. South Carolina, who's been recently really good, but 
not the same kind of brand as a UConn player yeah. coming back. Yeah, that takes it to a completely right? different level. You stay in state, mm-hmm. you're going to have more opportunities. Mm-hmm. You're going to have that hometown kid coming home, doing the camp, going through, going and through that's the drills. Where she, that, that's what's really costing her, Mike. Can you imagine how many well, young you, girls in Central Iowa would sign up to walk, to go to her camp this but summer? you know... That's how a lot of college athletes make some money. Sure, but not to the amount of money she could make because you're going to cut out the. This is Caitlin Clark's camp, right? Period. Now, she's renting the gym, you, but it's that's hers. the part too. You got to rent the gym. Yeah, mom and, you and dad got, write that check. Well, not every mom and dad can write. Okay, that check. well, somebody writes that check, and then Caitlin plays it back once the money starts pouring because it would pouring in. I think there's things that are overstated though. How much? Caitlin Clark's kind of another. Luca Garza's a different. Mm-hmm. C.J. Frederick, last year, a starter on a top 10 team for the whole season. I got a theory about him, by the way. <laughs> oh, got another one? <laughs> thought we were going to get through the you first segment. You know what? I still, am, I, still, I still think I'm on to something with the other, but go ahead. Ben, finish your point. What do you think he brings home last year? C.J. Frederick? Yeah. For going to Iowa? Yeah. What, what was... Trent, I have no idea. Because I've heard, I've heard John Miller say six figures for... For, for C.J. Frederick? For, for Luca Garza, maybe. Luca Garza, maybe. Maybe, yeah, and I think that's on the top end. But a starter for a good team, not a quarterback. Let's say Amir Smith Marset. What kind of? By the way, did you see the highlight tape that the Big Ten Network? Oh put? yeah, Jesus, I forgot how many plays he made. Ten, fifteen, twenty thousand. I think I that's a more realistic yeah, number. And that might be high, and that might be high too. Oh, being an influencer, it's easy. You just get on Instagram, make a vi- those people that put together and make real money. I don't get this whole influencer thing. As a social way. media influencer, it is not just gobs of money that is coming their way. Yeah. It is pennies on clicks and thousands of clicks, the pennies that come there. It's a lot more difficult, I think, than people realize. Money's there, but I don't think as much as a lot of people think. All right, so real quick, my 30, 30 seconds on C.J. Frederick. Right, Do go. you think that the blowback and everything that has happened in the last four days – what would you set the odds are that C.J. Frederick goes somewhere else other than Kentucky? Uh, Kentucky betting favorite at minus 450. Wow. Everybody else, I don't know, so 3 to me, 1. See, because I think that maybe because it seems like there was some hands caught in cookie jars, mm-hmm. maybe that leads them to... You think Calipari cares about this one? No, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. No, I he, would like to think that he does. But now, we're Fran said about, before he'll, he will turn cheaters in. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, he he has said that, mm-hmm. and good for him. Yeah, look in the mirror. But you think you call no, it's a college basketball? But he does it right. Well, I hope he does. But yeah. it's college. Would you fall off your chair if you learned something five, six, seven years ago? I would. With Fran really McCaffrey, would? from what he has said, I would. I look, there's a bunch of college basketball coaches that say the right thing. I'm just not going to be. I wouldn't be. Maybe I'm a little jaded. <laughs> um, no, there's plenty of other coaches, if you would, to say. Of course. No, of course not. He's one of the few. Well. He is one of the few, just because he's one of the few that are actually outspoken about these topics. Mm-hmm. And it's not just lip service. Cal said some funny things, too, uh, about transfer well, portals. We'll see if, um, I-, I won't be shocked if C.J. Frederick is not wearing a Kentucky jersey in November. Leave it at that because we've got to move on. Joe Frederick and uh, Mick Cronin, very tight. Oh, interesting. Uh, it's time, yes it is, for another $1,000 home run. Enter the keyword sun. I think you can do both suns. The sun in the sky and or? The, the sun, uh, your son Jack. Yes.
The son um, that you have. So you either enter S-U-N or S-O-N, and I think you're good. But that are that is the key word in this case, and do so at kxno.com, your chance to win $1,000. NFL fans, uh, Packers and Chiefs next. We're here till noon. Hawks and Clones in hour number two. Miller and Condon till noon. 1460 KXNO, 106. All right, Miller and Condon, welcome back. 1460 KXNO, 106.3 on the FM dial. Good choice. They still play this in Lambeau? I don't know. Can't you know, last year was just so weird. Yeah. I wonder. That's a good point. Good question. Dave Sinek and theheadcheese.com. Dave, do they still play this in Lambeau? Uh, they do. It's actually now the opening theme for my Packers show on Sunday mornings as well. Nice. So touchdowns, they play it. Uh, this year will be year 25 or 26 when you get back on the air for Packer preview this fall. Yeah, this is number 26, believe Jeez. it or not. Crazy. Yeah, no, it really is. Well, let's, uh, you know, before we get into, um, you know, week from today, obviously round number one, and we want to pick your brain on that. Uh, but Aaron Rodgers, by all accounts, and the country tuned in because the ratings on Jeopardy when he was hosting, uh, were as high, if not higher. I believe they were higher, uh, than some of the, uh, fill-in hosts before him. What does this mean, do you think? Is this what he will do once he, you know, once football is in his rear view mirror, did you see any of it, Dave? And what so, if so, rather, uh, what was your critique? Uh, I did watch most of the days. Uh, I thought he did a really good job. I thought he's a little clipped. I don't. That's the word that I kept coming back to. Like he wasn't just as gregarious because he's got to keep the cool factor. And I just didn't think he was as smiley and as uh, engaging as I, I think. Joe Buck's gonna. Yeah. Way in, I could see Joe Buck being a more natural talent. LeVar Burton's the guy people think might be a good fit. He wants it. Uh, he thinks he could do it while he plays football because it only takes about 40 days a year to, to film all the Jeopardy shows for the year. But I don't know. When, when all said and done, I think the novelty factor maybe wears off a bit. And While he was very good, I don't think he missed one slip-up reading all those clues. I mean, he, he had all that down. I, just, I think at the end of the day, they're going to find someone that's just a better fit for the job. Let's get to the draft and a lot of conversation I've seen here bandied about lately about the wide receiver position. It has been almost 20 years since the last time they took a wide receiver in the first round. Does that streak end this year? Do you see a wide receiver you think might be targeted there in the first round? I don't see the streak ending. I just don't think that's how they are wired to uh, to draft. I just don't think, you know, I'd like to be wrong. I'm one of those that looks at the the Aaron Rodgers window, and I know defense always needs to improve, but what another electric receiver could do to that offense might be enough to withstand maybe the shortcomings of the defense. But, no, I will be very surprised if uh, if they make a wide receiver pick in the first round. Now, that said, uh, while Gutekunst has traded up the last three rounds, uh, if they end up trading back, uh, if a team wants to get up and, and make another pick and they move into the second round, um, yeah, maybe I could make an argument that they'll target a receiver in the early second round. But, no, I'll I'll still be really surprised if Green Bay goes wide receiver in round one. Uh, so they picked 29. Uh, Dave, there's a couple of ki- a couple of guys, both with the last name Moore, one of them that uh, I'm sure you didn't like when he was at Purdue as an Indiana <laughs> fan, and Rondell Moore. But Elijah Moore at um, – at Old Miss, I mean, both of these guys, just electric players. Neither one of them the biggest guys. I think Elijah's bigger than Rondell. But you saw what they brought to the college game. But having a guy like that, 
Um, might that be something that they look at? Not saying in the first round, but would you be surprised if if that's the offensive weapon that they try to find for Aaron Rodgers? Well, that's the kind of weapon I think myself and most Packer fans are, are dying to find, kind of a Randall Cobb on steroids, right. if you will. And Rondell Moore's freshman year at Purdue was about as exciting as, as any receiver in the Big Ten I can remember in a long time. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you what, and Elijah Moore, you look at his highlights and you go, oh, my goodness, sign me up. But um, but both those guys are shorter than the, the receivers that Packers draft in the past. They just don't tend to take guys that are like below 5'11". Not to say they wouldn't break that streak, but I just don't think they have the measurables that, that Gudu Koons did before him, Ted Thompson, look for in a wide receiver. I'd like to see them scrap their plans. And God, if Rondale Moore sitting there at 62, I would run up to the – podium with that pick to see what he might bring to this offense but again I, I just don't know that the way they like to build teams that that those guys are going to best fit the guys they're looking for so if it's not wide receiver in the first round give us a, a position group you think it is a cornerback you got one side with alexander certainly but there's an opening on the other side is it offensive tackle where do you think they're targeting if it's not wide receiver in round one yeah, I think those are the two top positions. Um, Safety is getting a lot of attention now as well because of you know, they've got Amos and Savage, two terrific safeties. But in Joe Barry's scheme, you, you really want a third guy that can come up and play some kind of dime linebacker and allow you to move things around. So if they end up taking that Merrick kid at safety, it wouldn't shock me. Um, I mentioned Gutekunst has traded up three straight years as the GM. If he sees a guy like uh, cornerback Caleb Farley mm, sitting yeah. on the board at 21, maybe, uh, you go to Indianapolis who mortgaged some picks for Carson Wentz and, and offer them both your fourth-round picks maybe to move up uh, eight spots. Maybe they target Caleb Farley because he could, you so know, yep. he's got the back injury yep. and the injury concerns, but you can sort of let him sort of work his way into shape with Kevin King there this year. And then when King moves on, you've got your starting corner. He's got the size the Packers like. So if Caleb Farley is sitting there, I wouldn't be surprised if they move up to take him, or maybe they move up a few spots, uh, like to 25, 26, maybe where Jacksonville is, and, and grab Greg Newsom, the corner out of Northwestern, maybe afraid he won't be there at 29. Those two guys, I think, are targets. And, and if it's me, I'm taking an offensive tackle. And <laughs> um, if I see Tevin Jenkins dropping again, if he's sitting there in the early 20s, I, I would not even you know think twice about moving up to grab him and having the right tackle of the next 10 years with, with Bakhtiari's uncertainty, uh, not a lot of depth to tackle. Green Bay needs to address that. They, they like that position in the first round. Um, they could maybe get a guy like Sam Cosby from Texas where they're sitting at 29. But my hunch is it's, it's tackle or corner with an outside shot at safety and maybe the wild card's uh, edge rusher with, with Preston Smith uh, in his last year. And, and uh, they're going to make a decision with Zadarius Smith's contract next year and Rashawn Gary. Uh, that wouldn't be real exciting for Packer fans, but they're going to address edge rusher, I think, in the first two days as well. Well, and they're a pretty good spot to do that, Dave. As you mentioned, they have two fourth-round picks. They've also got a pair in the fifth. They've got a pair in the sixth, and they can you know, uh, package some of those up, even if it's maybe not a first-round move up. If there's somebody there when the draft gets going early in round number two, they're in a great spot to do that. So right. last thing for you, Dave, and we're going to reconvene. We're going to get all four of our regional teams together here uh, next uh, on the day of the draft and hope your schedule will uh, allow that for us. Uh, just kind of... Uh, um, you know, a um, a quick uh, overview of the offseason thus far for the Packers. 
yeah, it's it's sort of like we're bringing the band back together. You know, they they really brought back virtually every starter that they could outside of Corey Lindsley, the center. I was surprised that Aaron Jones came back, surprised that Preston Smith came back. Um, they really decided we're going to run this back for one one more year and see what we can do. Next year is going to look entirely different in Green Bay. It might start at quarterback. Mm. If not, it's going to start at a number of other positions. Mm-hmm. They're tied up against the cap again next year. They're going to let some guys go. But they've got a, a team in place now, I think 20 of 22 starters. They lost uh, Lindsley and they lost Kirksey, a linebacker who, who missed a chunk of the year anyway. Virtually the entire team is back. So they're they're looking to say, all right, we've been 13-3 and three, two straight years. We got the MVP. We have a tougher schedule to deal with. But uh, bringing these guys all back as close as that locker room was, according to Rodgers last year, uh, they're all back virtually. So uh, that, that, to me, is the biggest takeaway is they, they re-signed virtually everybody they could, um, didn't bring much from outside of the house, and uh, they're hoping that's good enough to get them over the hump. In week 17, the Packers draw the Chiefs. Uh, certainly the, cer- certainly one of the marquee games on the schedule that's going to come out the second week of May. Dave, we'll talk to you next Thursday. Thank you, Dave Sinekin. Sounds great, guys. Take care. Appreciate it. Headcheese.com for Dave. Theheadcheese.com. Primetime Sports Talk is where you can read. Uh, well, that's Nick's site, Nick Athens' site. By the way, he uh, <laughs> you may have seen uh, that Nick and the crew over at Primetime Sports Talk have an opening. They're looking for bloggers. Oh, really? Uh, if yeah. you want to... Um, you know, practice, apply your trade before you move on. Um, well, Nick, tell us about it. PrimetimeSportsTalk.com is the site. Well, basically, we've been uh, we've uh, had a pretty pretty rough year just because of the pandemic and everything, but it seems like sports is back to normal, so we are expanding our staff. Bloggers, uh, podcasters, uh, if, you just, if you've ever wanted the opportunity, like I started some 30 years ago and worked for Pro Football Talk in its infancy, um, you know, and you want to just write about sports and, and keep it that and keep it simple. Uh, we got a great forum for you, a great audience. Um, it's a great site, and we're growing now really fast, so it's a good time to jump on board. Good stuff. Well, uh, the Chiefs at the very back of the draft. Well, not the very back, of course. They're, thir- they're with 32nd. That would have made their fans happy if they were drafting Let's 32. Not that game. Okay. I gotcha, as opposed to 31. But, uh, Nick, give us kind of a couple of areas of need uh, for this Chiefs team that – at least um, offensive line seems to maybe be the only uh, position of need. Help us out. Well, I wouldn't say it's the only position of need. They definitely need an edge rusher. Uh, they definitely need help at offensive line. Um, they definitely need help at linebacker. I think they could use another corner unless they bring Bashard Breland back, who's waiting for a $10 million contract that's never going to happen. So he has to decide if he wants to accept the Chiefs offer as it stands now. But um, you know, obviously, offensive line is big, but you know, uh, you know, Andy Reid spoke Monday, gave out a few mixed signals. Um, you know, Lucas Niang, who who played really well at TCU, mm-hmm. um, opted out last year. Uh, you know, he could open up as a left tackle. Um, I I wouldn't be upset about it. I wouldn't be shocked. Um, <clears throat> you know, if he's starting there, I think he can do it. Uh, I think in the long term, you know, he's probably better suited to play right guard or right tackle. But, um, you know, he's got the body, he's got the size, he's got the quickness, he's healthy. Um, you know, he could be a possibility. I don't think the Chiefs are going to go after Villanueva. I think he wants too much money. I think Oakham made too much money in Bitcoin last year, so I don't know if he's an option. Really? Um, so right now I think it's the draft, um, Niang, or maybe waiting on Eric Fisher, who I think will resign with the Chiefs sometime in September. So you get Fisher back, and, and that would certainly help out. If you had to make mm-hmm. a pick, who would be the betting favorite 
with the first round pick? What position group would be the one that you would look at with the first pick? Yeah, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I think it's going to be a wide receiver. Wow. I think uh, I think the Chiefs think they can solve the offensive line in the second round. It's deep enough that they can find a, a left tackle starter. It is deep. Or maybe they yep. put Niang out there. I think they have some options now because of what they did in the interior. I mean, they fixed the interior, you know, guard to guard and center. You know, that's squared away. Right tackle, Remmers can certainly do that for now. Um, he's, he's okay there. He's just not a good left tackle, obviously. Uh, but I think wide receiver, you know, could be could be a spot that I think it's going to surprise some Chiefs fans. But they have to replace Sammy Watkins. They they have to find another receiver. Um, they're flirting with Antonio Brown, though. I think those rumors are kind of hogwash. I just don't see Brett Beach doing it. So it's a matter of can they find a good wide receiver um, at the top of the round or the end of the first round? I think that's possible. They could go linebacker. Um, they could obviously go tackle. So. It's going to be, in my opinion, one of those three. Uh, but I'm something just tells me that they need a they need a receiver with size and speed. They have to find someone who's opposite Kelsey and somebody opposite to Hill because after that it's a it's a large fall fall off, and that's something they have to fix. Uh, Nick Athen, PrimetimeSportsTalk.com uh, on Twitter. You can follow him at Chiefs Insider. Nick, I didn't see this. Uh, maybe there's been some um, um, news. Uh, Kalecio Semeli, who missed most of the year last year, mm-hmm. former Cyclone. Do they do they have any plans to try and bring him back? I know he was ecstatic when he got the opportunity last year, but injuries took him out of the game. What's the situation between the Chiefs and Osemele? Anything there? Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't mention that either. I mean, it's definitely a possibility because I personally think I'd put him at left tackle. I think he can play the position. He played it, obviously, at college yeah. for a year. Um, I think he started in the NFL that way before they moved him. Um, you know, just look at his film last year. He's, he's the best pancake blocker. He's a mauler. Yes. And I think, you know, I think they're just waiting to make sure he's 100%. He's got all his chief stuff up on his, on his personal uh, pages. Uh, he's still in contact with the team. I would not be shocked at all if they bring him back. I don't think he'll play anywhere else. Um, I think he can get paid elsewhere, um, but I think he'd be a good guy to have in the mix. Now, if the Chiefs don't take a tackle in the first round, then, yeah, I think they definitely probably that's the first phone call they make just to add more depth because they're going to put, for the first time in the Andy Reid era, they're going to put the five best guys out there, and that means some guys are probably going to have to move around. But if assembly has not made any visits. He's not talked to anybody, from what I understand. He wants to play for the Chiefs, and I think the Chiefs want him back. So he got Spags back for another year. Of course, Biennemi back at the offensive coordinator spot. Now, that's what we normally talk about. I saw an article, though, back at the beginning of the month talking about a lot of changes in the coaching staff for the Chiefs. I think it was eight mm-hmm. all told. One of the ones that found very odd, Greg Lewis, remember him as a wide receiver in yep. the NFL, Moving to running back, any idea the reasoning behind that and, and some of the other moves, anything pop out to you? Well, you know, they lost their running back coach. I mean, I, I, I don't think Greg did a particularly good job with the wide receivers. Maybe he can do a better job with the running backs. Um, I like the assistant coach they brought up to, to, to work with the receivers now. Um, you know, it's a little perplexing. Andy does not like to make a lot of changes. Um, unless there's a massive shift with an offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator, mm-hmm. which I do expect next year to happen. Um, but in the interim, you know, Lewis is a guy that he's, he, he actually pleaded for the job, uh, was positioning Andy very early on once they lost their running backs coach from a year ago. And he's going <clears> to, <throat> excuse me, give him an opportunity. The other changes, you know, a lot of, couple of promotions and, and moving guys around, but basically the core is still the core. And at the end of the day, you know, Spags and the enemy are in charge of their respective, um, 
you know, uh, divisions on the team. And, uh, again, I kind of hope they get a bigger name out there for running backs. I think they need one. I kind of thought maybe they'd look at Jamal Charles and bring him back and maybe make him a running backs coach. I think he'd be fantastic. Um, And maybe down the road that happens. Nick Athen, primetimesportstalk.com. Nick, I already had one of my uh, friends reach out and ask, how do they get in touch with you? Because they want one of those blogger positions. So awesome. how do we do that? How do we get folks <clears throat> in touch with you? Uh, just send it to my, my uh, just send it to uh, chiefsinsider at gmail.com. Chiefsinsider at gmail.com. Chiefsinsider no, at gmail. No hate mail there. Just got to do one job. <laughs> Good stuff. Nick, we'll talk to you on draft day next Thursday. Thank you, Nick Athen. Appreciate you coming on. You got it, guys. Good to talk to you. Nick Athen, primetimesportstalk.com. We'll take our final time out of the hour coming up in hour number two. Tom Cakert on the Hawks, Dave Sproul on the Clones. Another keyword at about 1125. Uh, It's Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 101.com. Final couple of minutes of the first hour of the program. It's Miller and Condon, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 on the FM dial. Um, so you were just spending some time on the list of transfers in yeah, the transfer I w- portal. Wish I could be in the portal. Wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> well, was it Norlander we were yesterday. talking to yesterday? But didn't, and in fact, I almost said something because over the weekend, weren't coaches being admonished for allowing media access to the transfer oh, portal? Oh, I hadn't seen that. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And Norlander comes, I was just in the transfer portal. Well, you're not supposed to be. Well, 24-7 has always had a very good connection to the portal, too. They do a great job over there. Yes, they do. They really do. The two the two local 247 mm-hmm. guys are doing a terrific job. I, Colton, of course. Mr. Uh, Swain. Matt Swain at uh, CycloneAlert.com. Um, so, but C.J. Frederick, you asked me off the air, and how many's in the transfer? Like 1,500, roughly? yeah. yeah. And you said, uh, where do you think C.J. Frederick's ranked? And this is of available guys, guys right that are now. still available. Right. And I thought, I, mean, I don't know, 50s? Mm-hmm. And he's 12, he He's said? 12 on this list that CBS Sports has together, and I kind of thought that was high, too. And the top guys, Marcus Carr, he's number one. Okay, Adam Miller from Illinois, he's two. Yeah. Mac McClung, he's four. All right. But then you get a little further. Isn't Mac McClung just going to go to Texas? I don't know. I don't know if he's one. Difficult guy. Yeah. Difficult he made guy. some big shots for Beard, though. Bryce Thompson mm-hmm. at Kansas. Yep. Never healthy. Yep. He's seven on yep. this list. Rasir Bolton <sighs> is number eight on this list. Daryl Morsell from Maryland. Remember him? He, uh, the name, yeah. He's okay. Jacob yeah. Young for Rutgers. He's at 10. The name. These are meh. So, CJ Frederick at 12 on this list is kind of. Okay, so this isn't the creme de la creme. So if you enter the transfer portal and you linger in there for any amount of time, yeah. there's a chance that, yeah, this, this is going to be interesting. Obviously, there's not 1,500 musical chairs available, and the music's going to stop for some of them, as it just did for our number one of the program. Uh, we will get into the Hawkeyes, first of all, to kick off our number two with our friend Tom Caker. There was a football media avail yesterday. Uh, Dave Sproul on Iowa State will join us about 11.25. Miller and Condon with an hour to go on 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM.